Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Seven minutes after 11 o'clock. If you just joined us in the last segment of the program, we were talking about the similarities between Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden and how eerie they are, including being challenged uh, in their own party by a Kennedy, uh, having hostages in the Middle East, uh, starting off with high numbers. And then uh, after a couple of years in office, uh, their numbers plummeting to uh, record lows. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Larry sent me a message. He said, Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden also have in common that they were preceded in office by Republicans who themselves had reckless fiscal policies, correct Amondo, whose legacy was and will be blamed on their successors. Not entirely, Larry. A lot of the problems brought on by uh, Biden and uh, Carter were of their own making. Uh, Nixon got us off the gold standard, correct Amando, uh, allowing the uh, feds to ramp up money printing. Trump allowed COVID fear to grip the nation, massive government spending to uh, bail out folks and empower Fauci to facilitate the shutdown of our nation. State by state, the uniparty sucks. So with one minor... Uh, a disagreement there. I, I think you're on the right track, uh, and you make some valid, uh, very valid points. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Uh, Columbia Public Schools, um, they, uh, they are apparently clarifying a process uh, that uh, enables the public uh, to uh, get issues added to the meeting's agenda. Uh, and requiring uh, public uh, commenters to give their address before the board. So if you want to talk to the board, you have to say, uh, I'm Gary Nolan and I live at, the, well, not you wouldn't say Gary Nolan, you give your name and then give your address and then they would let you speak. Does that, uh, does that scare you, Brian? Does that, is that like kind of painting a target on your back? I mean, kind of, but I mean, if you're going to speak at in front of a group of uh, members of the school board, you don't you think you should identify yourself? Well, yeah, you can identify yourself. Hi, I'm whatever your name is. But if you give your address, is that really important? Can't you just say, "This is From my name, Columbia," is that and good I enough? live in Columbia, and I want to make this point? Yeah, that's kind of awkward. You know, the full address is uh, pretty revealing. Yeah, it's like, uh, gee, if you want to target this person because you disagree with them, yeah. you now know where they hang their hat. Yep, uh, I agree with that. Not so sure that that I like that. Um, I don't, frankly, even like the, the Columbia Public School Board. It, 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 it frustrates me that we can never get even one true conservative on the school board. I'm not sure if it's the way and when they hold the elections or if we just don't have enough conservatives. But we really ought to get at least one on the school board. And Democrats should welcome this. Democrats should look at this and say, yeah, this makes this is good. Let's let's get somebody on board that isn't, you know, singing from the same hymnal. Because believe it or not, conservatives, uh, they come up with some pretty good ideas. Ideas that the left never even look at. 
And here is a chance to at least hear what they have to say. You may disagree with them. You may outvote them. But at least let them have some say so. And yet we, we just don't seem to be able to accomplish that. And I don't know what it takes. I don't know. If it, like I said, I don't know if it's because we just don't have anywhere near enough Republicans uh, in in uh, Colombia, or if it's that we we don't motivate the ones we have, or people just don't take an interest enough on the right. Uh, but Democrats have ruled the school board for as long as I've been here. And I've seen some really terrific candidates who would come up with a different viewpoint, a different idea, a different way of doing things than, than we keep hearing from the left, and yet we can't get them on. Who was that guy? His, his daughter uh, was in, uh, I think, an elementary school here in Columbia, and they were putting up all that pro-trans gay stuff, uh, and he protested it, and he ran and I, I really did. I got behind the guy. I thought this guy would be great. He and that's why it. he lost, probably. That's probably it, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Chuck Basie, a friend of mine, uh, who I thought would have been great. I mean, just just to hear the other side. So you're not all, you know, you're not in an echo chamber. But they won't do it. And I don't know how to motivate Republicans to change it. Let me go to the phones. Uh, Tom is on in Jeff City. Tom, good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, most things have a double-edged sword. And I think with regard to giving your name and address, that's one such uh, thing there. Because if we're concerned about outsiders coming in and throwing their weight around, uh, we need to know that. And I understand your point, and it's a good one. I don't know that there's a real answer to that at this point, but I certainly understand the idea that if someone gives an opinion at a meeting and it's it's from outside money, et cetera, uh, that that person uh, uh, may may not uh, really uh, they shouldn't be talking. Well, how about this? Much- how about how about this for a simple compromise, Tom? Uh, one side of the room is for speakers. You walk in, you show your ID, nobody writes it down, you don't announce it to the public, and somebody escorts you to the, to the, to the side for speakers. Now we know everybody that sat there showed an ID that proved they lived in Columbia without exposing their address to people who would disagree with them. Well, I think that's a great compromise. The only issue that I could possibly see with that is uh, some manufacture of fake IDs and if someone is so motivated to uh, twist policy I don't think that would be too difficult to do again uh, I don't think I, think it's a idea. I, don't, I don't think most people would go to that extreme and I don't think there would be very many people who do I mean, a state ID or a driver's license otherwise we'd be seeing them all over the place and we don't well, I think it's a great idea. I just uh, use uh, use that as a caveat to the whole thing. Thanks a lot. I'm enjoying the program. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You know, the whole people coming up and um, 
standing before the school board, do you really think that they care what others think? I don't. Because if someone comes out and, you know, let's say they were speaking out against CRT, they're just going to scoff at you and next speaker, they don't care. They don't. Yeah, I, I, I suspect a lot of people believe that, and it's probably true. They have their own belief system, they're on the left, and they just don't care. Uh, and that's why I think it would be nice to have somebody who's not part of the echo chamber on the school board. Michael sent me a message at GaryNolan.com. He said, the main reason I don't go to school board meetings is I can't do so anonymously. I don't want someone following me to my car to get my license number and then to magically have someone in front of my house at 2 o'clock in the morning with a bullhorn. Well, you know, at some point, uh, there are some risks, Michael, you, you have to take. Uh, I don't think that's an unreasonable risk. Uh, you'd have to go. Wouldn't you have to go to law enforcement to find out based on a license plate where somebody lives? And if you did, would there not be a record of who ran that plate? Somebody from Columbia Police. I know that if you're, I know from Cleveland, um, and this is years ago. If you ran somebody's license plate or uh, looked them up, the, the computer would show who did it. And I imagine in Columbia it's the same way. Somebody from law enforcement to give us a call. I'm, uh, I, I think that's probably the case. So, uh, you know, following you to get your license plate, probably not a big threat. And if, it, if something did happen, uh, it wouldn't uh, be impossible to find out who did it. Gary is on the line on the school board. Good morning. Hey, Gary. How you doing? I'm hey, one thing I would like to see happen on the school boards is in order to get on it, you have to have a kid in public schools. In other words, it's not just that you have a kid, but he has to be in the public schools. In other words, you got skin in the game. So if your kid is graduated from high school, you're off. You're off. Yep, can can do it. I mean, I think what happens a lot of times on these school boards is we get people who don't have kids there. They don't care what the hell they do. And I think if they have a kid in the game or, you know, a kid in school has to be in and it has to be public school, not a private school. They can be on a school board. Brian says, yeah, but they're paying taxes. They're, they're paying a ton of taxes on their car and their house. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go on with, with uh, you know, paying taxes and we don't have any say. But this is one that has to have, you know, if you're on a school board, you got to have a kid in school. And I would think that would cut out, not all, but slow them down anyway on the crap they're promoting. All right, Gary, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Maybe what we ought to do is organize in advance and get around a candidate and do it now so that the next time there's an opening. All right, we'll, we'll cover this in just a minute. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572, or go to GaryNolan.com. How do we get at least one conservative on the Columbia School Board. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's 1122. Uh, we got some John Stossel coming up. Um, actually dealing with the, the uh, connection between Pennsylvania and California. It's, it's like, what? I couldn't believe it. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that for you uh, in just a few. In the meantime, we're talking about the Columbia School Board. Uh, I lament that we can't get a real conservative on the school board. 
there ought to be a way to do this, and I have a, I've got a plan. I'll go to the phones here in just a second, but here's my plan. I think conservatives ought to get together starting next week and decide on one conservative candidate and start working the crowd early so that the next time there's an opening, we're ready to pounce and we can get somebody on. we got to be organized. If there's one thing the left can do is organize for an election, and we need to do the same thing. Get a couple of people together and say, this is, this is who we're going to support. This person has the best qualities. Uh, it's a, a candidate that's saleable and likable and, and uh, is conservative. Uh, and, and then start, start campaigning now with your fellow conservatives. Go to every pachyderm meeting that you can. Uh, start building up that head of steam. And then when, when there's an opening, everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows what you stand for. Everybody knows to get behind you. And maybe we could turn this around because other voices need to be heard. Government schools are failing us. And who knows? Maybe somebody on that board that's not part of the echo chamber, comes up with a different kind of idea, and people go, yeah, maybe. Maybe we give that a try. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Be a kind of a thankless job, though, wouldn't it, Brian? You'd be like the yes, salmon going, yeah, uh, upstream. Tom, good morning. Hey, how you doing? I am well, thank you. One thing I wanted to tell you about, I love your idea about the conservative member, but the problem we really have is that I tried to get them to move the school board elections to at least August or November, but the rural counties and the rural legislatures, they don't have the problems that we have here in the cities like Kansas City and St. Louis and Columbia. So I, they said they didn't want to move them because the rural areas are mainly conservative anyway. And I said, well, why don't we move the school elections for first-class counties, then we could get support. And they hadn't thought of that. And then we could get the turnout because the last election, only 12% of the people voted. But if we could get it moved to August or, or the November election, we might have a chance of that because you know, you've got 3,600 teachers and they tell them how to vote every time. And, you know, the time before that, we we had all kinds of meetings before the Chuck Basie thing, and even after trying to get him elected, raising money and everything, but it, it's just controlled by that. And I wanted to let you know, I went by the school board to see how much money they had reserved, and it was almost $89 million, and it, it took a while to find out how much interest they were earning on that. Before COVID, it was about a half percent. But a lot of the banks now are paying 5.2%. So I said, well, they said they only got four something. I said, well, that's, who knows what that problem is. But even if 4% on 90 million is 3.6 million, so why did you raise taxes? Say so you needed another 2 million when you just picked up 2.6 million. They had, they had no answer. They, they couldn't explain it. 
Yeah, and somehow, throwing more money at the problem is going to solve the problem? It hasn't historically. Why would they think it will now? Yeah, you're right. we got to get somebody in there. They just don't understand it. It's like building these schools. If they'd use the same template in some of, some of these new construction schools, they'd save a tremendous amount of money in architectural fees and stuff. But, you know, they don't want to think about that. Yeah, you make some good points, Tom. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Turner, good morning. Good morning. I don't think everybody deserves the right to vote. It should be a privilege. I don't think these people that don't own anything have a right to vote on taxes to raise my property taxes so I have to pay more money. And those of us involved in agriculture got a hell of a lot more invested than anybody's house and car. And most of the people in Columbia, we don't tax their education, and that's what they make their money from. That's one point. Another point is... I believe these pundits on the radio saying the American people are smarter than that. I disagree with that. I think <laughs> most of them are just damn dumb. They don't know smart ones go vote, but there's not enough of them that are. What's some 18-year-old kid know about? He couldn't even tell you who your senator is, but they all know who's dancing with the stars. So we've got it all screwed up, but everybody's going to have to get together. And your idea about getting a conservative on the school board, we had the best chance in the world, and that got flopped with Chuck Basie. But the Republicans can't even get together and get behind one guy in the House of Representatives. Jim Jordan needs to do that and slap some of those guys around. The one dunce didn't want to vote for him because he wouldn't admit that um, Trump lost the election. I won't admit it either because he didn't. That creepy Joe Biden knew he was going to be elected the way he acted sitting there in the basement. They knew the outcome before the thing ever happened. And that's all the stuff that, that we see on the news with the ballots where only Joe Biden's marked and the UPS driver saying, told to dump a truck over there, never did in my life. Well, let me it's, roll uh, back the uh, you can't vote on uh taxes if you don't own real estate so would you tell a veteran who backed up under the flag offered up his life to protect the government and to protect the country a guy who is renting uh, a house or apartment you can't vote on taxes that's that's a pretty small amount first of all second of all a lot of them didn't face danger they were they were expected to but you remember Rambo and all the people that didn't want to go in after him. So I, I respect the veterans and the ones that fight the war, but I do not respect the ones that got a Purple Heart for a paper cut. And wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. When they back up out. under the flag and they swear an oath, the government then from that moment on owns their life. And these people, whether they saw action or not, gave their lives to the country to do with as they saw fit. And I, I don't want to denigrate their contributions. Otherwise, Turner, you made some important, uh, I think, uh, and very compelling uh, uh, statements. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I'm up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. We got some John Stossel. We'll talk about uh, narrowing down who can vote, but I don't know how you do that. But we'll do it next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we're talking about getting uh, people elected. Uh, particularly, we were talking about getting them elected to the school board. And our last caller suggested uh, that you would have to have, um, you know, own real estate before you could vote on raising the taxes on it. There's a part of me that likes that. I just don't know how you turn away a veteran. Um, and as I pointed out, it doesn't matter to me whether they saw uh, action or had uh, somebody uh, shooting at them. They're all part of the system, and their lives could have been given up. They could have been sent anywhere. They, when I, you join the military, uh, you pretty much take whatever ride they offer. And it's not really even an offer. It's more of a demand. So uh, I'm not sure how you do it. I'm really uh, n- not excited about having uh, veterans unable to vote just because they don't own land. So, uh, there is a a poll being touted by uh, CNBC. Biden would lose in a matchup versus Trump, according to a CNBC survey. The uh, American uh, public, in the wake of the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel, believes the government should support Israelis over Palestinians. See, I differ. I don't think we should support either side. We should just keep our nose out of it. Strongly back U.S. military funding for Israel, but significant share want the U.S. to be even-handed in the conflict. According to the survey, 39% of the public believe the government should favor Israelis over Palestinians in their conflict compared to 34% after the 2014 Gaza War. Meanwhile... 36% believe the United States should treat both the same. We should. We should treat them both the same, Brian. We should ignore them. Yep. Equally. I would agree with that. Uh, You can use the bully pulpit and and, uh, talk all you want, but uh, don't commit my money to either side. The only exception would be that if, you know, there are Americans trapped over there, maybe, you know, we would have a reason to go over there militarily. But that would be it. Yeah, otherwise we we stay out of it. In the meantime, a combination of, ne- of uh, negative views on the economy and geopolitical tensions looks to be eroding support for President Biden. You would think that would not be possible. But apparently it is. Overall approval rating for the president fell to 37% with 58% disapproving. It's the highest disapproval and the second lowest approval rating of his presidency. Meanwhile, 32% approval on the economy is the lowest of his presidency. 63% economic uh, disapproval rating, the second lowest. He is in trouble uh, and loses by four points against Donald Trump. Just thought I would share that with you. In the meantime, Pennsylvania and California. This is this is um, a, a connection I didn't think would happen. But this is this is the result of bureaucrats too lazy to really do their jobs. Here's the story from John Stossel. Brian Wanner runs Peter Brothers Trucking. His family business delivers goods all over America. 
But now, he says, Pennsylvania bureaucrats will force him out of his home state. We have no say. We can't do anything about it. No say, because Pennsylvania's rules don't come from Pennsylvania. They came from California. State regulators unanimously voting 14 to 0. This is an absolutely transformative law uh, to clean our air and mitigate climate change. Emission rules will eliminate tens of thousands of trucks. If we want to follow California, we can move there. I want to follow what Pennsylvania residents want to do. I don't want to be anything like California. But too bad for him. Because years ago, Pennsylvania's Environmental Quality Board decided we'll automatically copy California rules. California just declared war on pollution from large trucks. The newest rule copied from California will raise the price of new trucks. The truck will cost a third more. It's anywhere from 50 to 80,000. It's necessary, say California regulators, because... The time for putting public health second to the economy is over. Trucks you drive contribute gravely to health problems. We have come so far in the last 40 years. In 1980, one truck produces as much as 60 trucks today. So we want people to buy new trucks. You want people to buy new trucks. But if you put these costs on us that we cannot afford, we're going to just run the older trucks. The regulators don't think about that. They do not think about that. They do not see the consequences of what they're doing. Now, truckers like Brian, to save $80,000, will just buy trucks in other states. We could drive to Ohio and get cheaper trucks. The rule doesn't apply to any of those trucks. It'll just hurt Pennsylvanians who sell trucks. And there won't be any pollution reduction. The people on this board, the Fish and Boat Commission, the Game Commission, the Museum Commission, what do they know about air pollution? Well, apparently nothing. Caleb Krockenberg of the Pacific Legal Foundation. The whole idea of having a, a regulatory board like this is, oh, these people are experts. They know what they're talking about. They're smarter than the lawmakers. But if you look at the board, that's not true. I mean, these are just sort of random bureaucrats who work in the government, and they say, eh, I don't know, let's follow California. So what? California seems to have a lot of money. I can see a state saying, yeah, let their regulators figure out how we reduce pollution and we'll save money doing what they do. Nobody in Pennsylvania has ever voted for the standards that now control Pennsylvania. He says what Pennsylvania is doing violates the Constitution. If people want something, their legislature is supposed to pass it. We will eliminate in the state of California the sales of internal combustion engines. California's rules will soon get even more expensive because they want all new vehicles to be electric. The hope is that it's a pollution reduction. But again, electricity comes from somewhere. And usually it comes from fossil fuel emissions. Where does Pennsylvania get its electricity? <laughs> Pennsylvania makes a lot of electricity from coal. Almost five times as much from coal is from so-called clean renewables like solar or wind. Most Pennsylvania electricity comes from natural gas. So to power all electric trucks, Pennsylvania will burn more fossil fuels. In addition, we cannot supply enough electricity to power the trucks. You don't have charging stations? The charging stations, we can get the charging stations. We do not have the supply of electricity. Nor do other states. They can't even provide enough electric to provide their own cars in California. Californians are sometimes told not to charge their electric cars. Another problem, electric trucks are heavy. 
the heavier the trucks are, the harder it is on the road. They have a very low mileage radius, so you can't work all day. It's nothing that you can take across the United States with a load. We're not even close to getting there. No, but the regulators don't seem to care. They want to look like they care about the environment. Why would we allow our state to give away their lawmaking procedures to California? Why would we allow that with no input? That's not the American way. That is disturbing that the state of Pennsylvania has abdicated their uh, pollution rules to the state of California. Somebody needs to get voted out of office there. Those battery-powered trucks, this is so stupid. Look, battery-powered cars weigh so much that they're tearing up their tires at a far greater rate than their uh, ICE... um, counterparts uh, ice internal combustion engine and it, it, it's posing a problem for parking garages because of that extra weight I mean these things are behemoths I've got a I've got a hybrid and it weighs a ton I mean it's really snappy I hit the gas and uh, the motor kicks in with the engine and that thing is off to the races Great car. I love the car. But it weighs a ton because it's got a battery. And the battery-powered vehicles weigh even more than that. So if you're hauling freight in a tractor-trailer and you have to have enough batteries with enough torque to move that freight, you're talking about increasing the weight of those tractor-trailers exponentially. Our bridges aren't built for that. There are weight limits all over the place. Every state you drive through. They tell you how much weight a, a bridge will hold or how much, you know. Uh, it, and, and by the way, that also begins greater wear and tear on the blacktop or the cement. The highway itself gets worn out. These people are just not thinking. Man, oh man, I can't imagine. Can you imagine how much a tractor trailer would weigh if it had a battery instead of an uh, an engine? And we've talked about the the real downside to these things. More than anything is the amount of time it takes to recharge the battery. And the lie they try to tell you about how many miles you'll get out of it. Well, on a full charge you can get 400 miles. But if you recharge it, you only charge it to 80%. Well, wait a minute. That's a big, you know, short uh, uh, in terms of uh, how far it'll go. But the real problem is you could fill up a, a, a diesel truck inside of 20 minutes. How long do you think it will take to charge the batteries, the massive batteries that are necessary to drive a battery-powered tractor-trailer. Uh, they don't care. The Ocasio-Cortez, the, the Joe Bidens, uh, the far left, they're just hell-bent on this. And they feel good because there's no exhaust pipe. Well, they got an exhaust pipe somewhere. Something is coming out of something, and that's, well, behind them now. 
It is uh, 1147, up against the clock. Quick break, back to wrap it up. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. It's 1152, and it's uh, cleanup on aisle one. Uh, we had a farmer call up uh, suggesting that uh, veterans, uh, if they don't own real estate, in fact, anybody that doesn't own real estate shouldn't be able to vote on real estate taxes. And I, I can sympathize and see his point. My problem is there are people that I wouldn't want to uh, isolate, to cut out of the system. Uh, and it's hard to make those choices. Well, we got a, a lot of responses to that call. Uh, at GaryNolan.com, Brian says, uh, I like how your previous caller was a farmer and wants to ignore all the subsidies he receives every year. I guarantee when you add up all the subsidies and tax deductions, he receives way more from the government than he pays in. I don't remember getting to vote on what subsidies farmers receive. We don't. At least he gets the opportunity to vote locally for his school board. Uh, I like and respect farmers, but their system is just as bad. They continually take and receive from the government in greater amounts than anyone. Not their fault, but just saying. I don't hear them talking about agricultural reform. I, by the way, have. I am in favor of ending all subsidies and all involvement uh, with uh, agriculture at the government level. Chris says, I would love to know someone who doesn't pay taxes. If you're an adult in this country, you've paid some sort of taxes. Farmers are some of the biggest welfare recipients there are. Charles responds to, he says, Gary, according to your last caller, veterans don't have the right to vote on taxes, of course. He's talking about uh, Bravo Sierra. They earned the right to vote. Because when you sign up, especially during wartime, you sign up with a foregone conclusion that you will be deployed in combat. So whether the Army gets around to deploy you or doesn't change uh, or not, doesn't change the volunteering sacrifice, your life to defend the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And finally, uh, I got a, 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 a message uh, at GaryNolan.com from Jerry. He said, I got a better question. Why don't we have conservative judges? I was talking about uh, having conservatives on the uh, school board. You know why? I'll, I'll tell you why I think we don't have a lot more conservative judges. Because I don't think most people pay much attention. And I, I, I have a confession to make. I'm guilty of the same thing. Occasionally when I have uh, Jennifer Bukowski, or, uh, who, by the way, is guest hosting for Randy Tobler today, when there's a, a, a judicial candidate uh, and she gives me some information, I, I generally trust her input. But other than that, who does homework on, on the uh, judicial nominees? Who, who, who looks up their history and everything? I Generally, I don't. And so very often... Not knowing means I don't vote for them. Has that happened to you, Brian, where you'll see a Yes, I actually, one election year, looked them up, and it was really hard to find information on judges that are, you know, currently <laughs> currently serving. It's, uh, I don't know if they protect that information uh, or what, but it was really difficult to find out, you know, information on cases yeah you gotta you gotta find you out really how they have voted. to dig yeah 
And so I think that's why we don't uh, have them. I, I don't think a lot of people vote for them. I think it's uh, just a few that, that uh, and they generally are on the left. But I think a lot of conservatives just don't do the homework. Maybe we should do that, Brian. Maybe yeah. we should bring these judicial nominees on here and... and uh, I just uh, would we be in trouble with some campaign law that I don't think so, but I don't know. Well, we'll just. I we'll mean, have to I ask. would assume that judges would prefer to remain uh, silent and just do the election as they do. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You get you start asking questions, and and oh, I know. And it's uh, well, I can't answer that. It may come up in right. front of, and the next thing you know, you spend a half an hour and you got. Nowhere. There ought to be a better way. There ought to be a better way to vet them. And we ought to know what they stand for. So, Jerry, you make a valid point. Now, if you could just come up with a way to let enough people know, you know, whether or not these are good, you know, conservative judges. They're constitutionalists. They believe in freedom and liberty. By the way, uh, I, I just pointed out Jennifer Bukowski, who is a brilliant criminal defense attorney and a guest on this program, is going to be hosting for Randy Tobler at 4 o'clock this afternoon. No better way to drive home than listening to the Randy Tobler show, even if, uh, even if Randy's not there, it's great. So, uh, 4 to 6, that's what you listen to. Right now, uh, we got Glenn Beck. He is coming up in just a few minutes. He will uh, get you up to date on everything that's going on. And Sean Hannity follows him. Cannot go wrong. Tomorrow morning, Brandon Rathard, wake up mid-Missouri. Entertaining, funny, great talent. Great way to start your day. Uh, all right, uh, Brian, where am I at for time here? Because I'm, huh? We have about uh, 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to be a little, a little tough because uh, I wanted to talk about this uh, Jewish uh, uh, deli in New York City vandalized with a swastika. Uh, and, and maybe this is a question for tomorrow or Friday, because I don't understand all of this anti-Semitic crap that we're putting up with. I don't Did know you where see it's... the guy in the uh, ring doorbell. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was creepy. It is. It is creepy. What the hell's the matter with I people? don't know, because the residents were display, displaying an Israeli flag, apparently, that set him off. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.